if I show them as a business leader or as a business owner that I'm as unstable as maybe they are, <laughs> that, that doesn't give them any hope. Yeah. And my number one thing is I want to provide hope for the people that come in here, whatever their goals are. Welcome to BizBody, everyone. Before we start, make sure you go over to iTunes and give us a five-star review, and please leave a positive comment. It helps others find the show, and it means a lot to us. Today, we interview Lauren Landau. We get into what it's like owning and running an elite performance facility, building a culture and a brand out of your own name. This button, this button-on thing, really does make it a does, big difference. Does it does say no? <laughs> no, I can't hear you. <laughs> All right, here we go. Welcome to BizBody, everyone. I'm Keith Shimon. With me today is Brandon Miller. And our guest today is Mr. Lauren Landau of Landau Performance. Or is it Landau Sports Performance? At Landau Performance. Landau Performance. Um, basically, Landau is an author, strength and performance specialist, presenter, um, advisor, amongst everything. And um, what we're here today to talk about is the business owner side of Landau Sports Performance, Landau Performance. And... Um, so first of all, thank you for uh, for joining the show today. I appreciate you guys coming in. One of the main questions that we had, and, and you've you've presented all over the place. Um, you were a director, formerly formerly with Stephen Hawkins. Um, what made you decide to go out on your own to begin with? Like, what was that jump? You know, I, I think my entire career has kind of brought me to this point. From the perspective of when I first came out of college, um, I was uh, at 24 years of age. I was operations manager of a 140,000 square foot athletic club. Really didn't know what I was getting into. Didn't know what the job entailed. Um, I learned, and I, I learned the inner workings of this huge, huge athletic facility. Um, and so I think all along the way, I've been grooving and building the skills to do something like this. I just didn't know really where all these little stepping stones were leading me. Uh, yeah, I was with Stedman Hawkins. I was a director. I was partial owner of it, but it was still the same kind of thing where um, you can have say in your vision, but you can't always execute every step of the vision the way that you know the industry is probably trending. And so for, for me, that was really hard to try to convince other people who weren't really uh, aware of our industry and say, here's where we need to be taking this thing, here's where we need to go, and not really being given the reins to do so. Mm -hmm. So I took it upon myself and I, I told my partners, I said, hey, great relationship, nothing bad. It's just, it's like dating someone and you know it's not going anywhere. <laughs> so, so I said, you know what, I think what we should do is part ways. And, and I went through and I, I bought out my partners and, and started uh, Lando Performance. And for me, that was fun because there was a, a sense of rebranding. Stemmon Hawkins carries a big, great name. And my name had been associated with it. And so now it was time to brand and make it about my brand and what I truly believe in and what I, I wake up for every morning is my passion and now bleed that passion through to my coaches. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And, and like, um, so when you first got out of school, like, did you go right into the private sector or did, did, was it, was it primarily like you had a little taste of, um, 
of like being a collegiate strength coach and because um, I don't I don't know your complete story yeah. but, but but overall it sounds like um, on on the business side of things that you've you've seen a lot because um, a lot of people what they do is when they get in the private sector they they want people to come in the, through the door mm-hmm. but then they they don't really want to do the sales behind it. They're afraid of the sales or they have no idea on how to market anything and, or they, they don't know how to do the books or, you know, I mean, all yeah. those, all those steps and you've, you've looks, it sounds like you've, you've kind of seen those steps along the way. And, and how did you come to terms with your, with your, was it a problem for you at first or, cause it was a problem for me at first mm-hmm. when I first got in this industry, I was like, I don't want to do sales. So it's so funny. This is a perfect timing. So yesterday I sit on the uh, advisory board for Metro State University for their exercise physiology program. And they, they go around the, the room, they ask different uh, advisors, you know, what do you think that we could do better preparing our students? Because uh, a lot of the people who sit on the advisory boards, we see interns of theirs. And I said, you know what, plain and simple, the biggest issue that I see is nobody has any type of business acumen. They come in, they love the body, and maybe that's why we get into this industry. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but they, they love the body, they love all these different things about it, but when it came down to it, they don't understand that it, there's a, a massive sales component, massive. I might be a trainer coming out of school and I'm gonna go work at Lifetime or 24-Hour Fitness, and I'm working for this corporation, but I am still selling myself. And I told them, I said, what you need to do is you guys need to provide either a business mentor, you have to have a curriculum, bring in myself as a guest lecturer one day just to talk about these realities that that strike us in the exercise phys world when we come out. A lot of these kids have no idea, one, how to sell themselves, how to sell their program. And ultimately that takes time and the fact that you have confidence in your abilities. But that was something that I think I inherited along the way in my steps. Now, my, the, the first part of your question, uh, what, what was my original uh, stepping stone when I came out of college? I, not many people know this, but I went straight into cardiac rehab and pulmonary rehab. Huh. So I was a cardiovascular technician and a pulmonary uh, technician for the first eight months of my career coming out of school. Wow. And it, it was one of those things where I wasn't going to go four years of college and say, I'm a trainer. <laughs> you know, 20 plus years ago, everybody was getting their ACE certification and, and just doing it like that. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to go to PA school, PT school, or go this cardiac rehab route. And that's what I did. About eight months of doing that, I recognized quite early that, um, man, these people didn't want to get better. No. Yeah. You, you know, their, their, their health is truly at jeopardy and they're not making the subtle changes that we needed them to. So for me, for longevity, for the long game, mm-hmm. I had to get out. I had to work with a population that was more motivated, more driven, and that's really where my my thirst for the athletes came in. No, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. So once once you once you kind of made that transition, like, how hard was it for you to to be able to go out and actually sell yourself to talk to people? Like, what was that like when you first? Because cardiac rehab, they mm-hmm. bring the people to you right versus you know now you're trying to transition like how hard was that to go out and talk to people and uh get people through the door i I, i'd like to say it was hard but it wasn't okay like for for, and the reason why it was i was dumb i didn't know what i didn't know Mm. and so when i came out of school i was like i know everything let's do this (laughs) put me in front of people and i wasn't afraid to get in front of people and then it was like after a while being in the industry i'm like oh I don't know as much as I thought. And it's almost that reeling back. Mm -hmm. But I always had that confidence in myself. 
that I could truly take a good look at myself and identify <laughs> what I needed to fix. And so I always feel as though I, I felt I could give whoever I was talking to what they needed. Hmm. And so for that, like early on, I remember, you know, going to just random businesses. I remember at 23 years of age, sitting down with agents and talking to them about combine prep when I really didn't know what was being done. You know, the NFL network wasn't around to really say, hey, here's what they're doing on the L drill. Here's what they're doing on the 510 So, you know, I was sitting there in these interviews. Yeah, I can for sure get you guys ready. And my myopic brain was thinking more bodybuilder in the sense. And, oh, yeah, we'll get out and run some sprints and we'll do some great resistance runs but I didn't know how it all fit together so for me I was always able to get in front of those people it was almost like uh, I think Richard Branson says uh, uh, when you're when when you're given a a great opportunity say yes and figure it out later yeah that has for sure been a big part of my story yeah no I I think what what, what's really interesting is this fact that like people think that everyone has it figured out right off the bat and in and you also made another point in the fact that when you talked with people, you, f- you listened. Like, you listened to what it is that they needed, and you figured out in your own brain if there was a method that you could deliver on, and you knew what you did at that point in time. It's like you have a great idea of what you do at all stages of the game. And, and I think that that piece of the puzzle to begin with, I I'm, I'm think a majority of people don't really just understand like where they're at with their own development uh, on both sides of the spectrum. So like, can I deliver on this thing? And cause, cause marketing seems to be this like, okay, I, I do this thing. And it's a message about, I do this thing. And, right. and sales is like, if I can deliver and, and find a good fit for what you actually need, like, what do you need? And can I deliver on that thing? And it's like, right off the bat it's like, i think some people innately have this ability to be able to draw out those questions in people mm-hmm. and and ask the right questions and keep digging a little further in that and other people have to really work at that and and i think you, you hit it hit the nail on the head with going at the grassroots level or at least the collegiate level and mm-hmm. start make, at least making people aware that that has to happen i agree i think bringing that awareness is critical and you know for me it was funny i didn't realize how maybe uh how uh, non-intuitive of a skill set that is until I'm sitting here and I have 15 coaches and they're kind of deer in the headlights when I say, hey, you know, I want you guys to get out there, start making some calls, getting out, talking to local businesses. And they're like, uh, how do I do that? <laughs> so what I did is I brought in one of my business mentors and I had him give an hour, you know, just kind of, you know, brief overview of like, you know, what's your why? Yeah. You know, the Simon Sinek. Yeah, um, yeah. Start with um, why. Yeah, start yeah. with why. And what is your why? And and what gets you up in the morning and, and fires you up? Because if you can't get that across to anybody in front of you, it's, one, if you can get it across, sales is easy. Yeah. If yeah. you can't get across, you're never going to be good at it. Yeah. And, and another thing, too, it's like you're hiring a business coach or you have a business mentor. Mm-hmm. Like in, in, you're being coached in some way, right? Because you're, you're able to look at the people around you, see what they're doing. And then you're also educating yourself via other books and podcasts I imagine oh. like what, what are what are some of your favorite books that, that you've that you read for business you know from I, I love um, Drive by Daniel Pink that's great I, I, I yeah. think that's a great book yeah. I think um, it's maybe not necessarily a, a business book but the talent code I think oh, it's, oh, it's the, great yeah, book. Yeah, the, the art of repetition right yep. and and why it's so important to just every day, every day, you know, hit hit that nail, keep striking. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think those are some of the best books. I love any of the Malcolm Gladwell books. I think they help um, create perspective for you. 
believe it or not, before I bought out my partners, probably the most um, important read for me was David and Goliath. Really? Huh. Yeah, it was huh. probably the most important read for me because um, <laughs> they were Goliath. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. they were, and it was it was an interesting reading to see different perspectives of of maybe how you know I can be heard, or maybe um, I have a little bit more power, if you will, if I pay attention to maybe what Goliath's strengths aren't. Yeah. Instead mm-hmm. of seeing what his strengths are, oh, maybe look yeah, what they that's, aren't. That's great. And so it was a, a fantastic read for me. So I huh. think any of those Malcolm Gladwell books really draw in some really cool perspective. Oh, that's that's awesome. awesome. I think uh, the big thing for me has always been like, you know, when you actually make that leap and you strike out on your own, it's <laughs> like, it's so exciting, but at the same time, you're like, oh crap, like, what did I get myself into? Like, <laughs> Where, where do you see yourself? Because you're still very, very involved with everything that goes on here. Like, mm-hmm. how much time do you spend as Lauren Landau, the performance coach, versus Lauren Landau, the business owner? And have you have you found it a little tougher now that it's your baby versus when you were with, you know, Stedman Hawkins? You know, that's a, that's a great uh, point because I'll say the second that every bill comes in and it's your name and out of your account, you're like, ooh, ooh this, is real. this is real. This guy, real, real fast. Yeah, this guy, oh man. This, this went up to a 10. I'm not going to show my wife that. Yeah. yeah. I think for me, it was for sure, like I always had so much pride when it was Stedman Hawkins or whether I was Velocity, but there's a different sense of pride and um, yeah, different sense of pride when it's you. And so I've, I've always been huge on our policies and procedures, but I, I would say all my coaches would probably say I turned it up a dial. Like, it's even bigger now. Like, now now what, what somebody sees walking in the door, it is a representation of my name. Uh, we have a wonderful uh, steak uh, restaurant here in, in Denver, and I use this as, a, as an analogy to my, te- my coaches. We have a Shanahan Steakhouse after Coach Mike Shanahan. Yeah. I said, you go to Shanahan Steakhouse and, and you have a, a bad steak or a bad meal, you don't sit there and say, man, Jim at Shanahan's cooks a crappy steak. <laughs> you don't. You don't. So if you come to Lando Performance and you have a crappy training session, it wasn't Jim. It was Lando Performance. Yep. I said, guys, my name is on the shirts, is on the wall, which is cool, but you have to understand the sense of um, – uh, a pride, one that comes with it, but man, <laughs> that's a vulnerable kind of thing. Yeah. And so I need everybody to step up their game, and that's what I told them to. And uh, so to, to your point, I think there's a higher amount of stress from purely the numbers side, yeah. mm-hmm. but then secondly, the message at which we're turning out. Yeah, yeah, that experience, mm-hmm. you know, like like providing providing the experience mm-hmm. of the customer touch points, knowing yeah. like how how each interaction relates to each other and becomes like a a seamless flow Um, as soon as they walk into the door like the sales process you know making sure that that um, making sure that it doesn't seem choppy that that there's no real interruption and they don't even realize that there is a process and in in those things in itself like for the processes for you like what was the review process to be able to or the the review for you in order to put these processes together and like what are what are like some of the major processes that you've invested your time into you know i think the biggest thing when i I look at just the evolution of this when i started at stem and hawkins sports performance and when i started that practice i was the only one okay (laughs) in 800 square feet and i sat down day one with the uh, director of physical therapy i said here's what we're going to do 
this is the Richard Branson moment again. <laughs> I, said, I said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start with this 800 square feet. I'm going to show you guys that this is a profitable model of blending sports medicine, sports performance. And then what I'm going to do, I'm going to start an internship program. And I'm then going to start cherry picking the best interns and teach them, one, in the internship process, my system. But two, I'm going to start finding who the best guys are to now bring on as my staff. Yeah. And so after about two, two, about two and a half years, had three coaches. Now we're having a really nice little profitable business in 800 square feet. We're busting at the seams. We're running down hallways. Not a good thing. <laughs> we, we've got patience. We've, we've, we've all done it. We've got patients walking by with their crutches and wheelchairs. I'm like, oh, no, this could be bad. So I said, here's the, and, and this was still my, my vision. I said, we're going to start off here. Once we get a little bit bigger, I want to go offsite, maybe 3,500 square feet. We went to 3,600. By that time, I hired eight to 10 coaches. We got that up and running. I said, now, now we're at 15 coaches. So guess what I'm doing? I'm back engineering some things because the business has really grown at an accelerated rate. We've grown on average of 36% every year wow. for the last five years. Wow. wow. So it's a good growth, and our net has, has been in double digits every year oh. of growth. Nice. So what I'm trying to do is now we're, we're, we're tidying it up, if you will, yeah. where we always had our policies and procedures, and now it's getting a little bit more tight, a little bit more um, everybody all hands on deck and understanding. Instead of independent contractors just kind of coming and going, it's like, no, here's, to your point, it's fluid. Yeah. Here's the culture. Here's our policy and procedures. Here's our intake. Here's how we go through first sessions. Hey, you guys build the programming as you see fit because you know your client better than me, but if I see you doing something that's dangerous or, or doesn't right. seem appropriate, yeah. I call you on it. Yeah. But I need them to grow as coaches just as the three of us did. Yeah. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And another thing too, it's like, you know, where where each one of these we where each one of these contractors or for, first of all, do you have a lot of independence or do you do you do you mix like independence with employees and like what like what have you noticed within your experience with with these practices? Okay, so from my experience back in my velocity days, I recognized early that two things were a fault with people in performance. Too big a facility, too many people on salary. Mm. And so what happened is your burn rate was so high throughout the day when there was nobody coming in. Mm -hmm. And so you had to find a way to ease on that burn through the day. And so what I did is I, I started talking to all my coaches that I was interviewing and said, okay, here's what I'm going to offer you. I'm going to offer you a salary that's X, Y, Z, or would you rather take a commission <laughs> making 70 plus percent of your money. Yeah. Guess what everybody chose. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah. 100. Hey, they're going to eat what they kill. Yeah. And, you know, I've got coaches who are making really, really good money, and my burn rate doesn't inflate as the day goes. That makes sense. And so it's a really, uh, I, I really like that structure. I, I've i always told myself never, never hire somebody who's afraid to work commission. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to hire people who are not scared of being a commissionable employee. That tells me they're hungry, they're visionaries, they, they're entrepreneurial set. They're not looking for that comfortable, I'll take 35000 for the year and boom, I'm good. Yeah. No, I want people who want to grind and make six figures and more than that, you know, go after it. Because yeah. you find that the, they're comfortable with that initially when they have no clients. Mm -hmm. But then once they start to build a clientele, oh. they're no longer happy with that. And now <laughs> do you, know, do you see them. how much money I'm bringing in? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then they're disgruntled, right? Yeah. And, then, and that's the tough part. I think that's what we this found. This is what you wanted. Yeah. You know, as well, it's like, yeah. you know, you. it's nice to have that comfort zone in a yeah. new job and things like that, especially if you're, a, if you're a kid coming right out of school. Because, again, like we kind of talked about earlier, 
there is no real, you know, like they have no idea that no. this is what's going to be expected of them. And yeah. they're like, uh, I have to go out and talk to people. Like I thought I was coming. Don't you have excess clients for me? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? Where's the, where's the spillover? <laughs> exactly. So here's a couple things I always tell my coaches is, um, one, as I said before, you know, never be afraid to hire somebody, you know, always hire people who are never afraid to work commission one. Uh, but two, I need to make sure that each and every one of my coaches feel comfortable when they come in here, um, that nobody's going to, you know, one, one thing you'll tell about our environment here, the culture that we've set is nobody's here is trying to cherry pick your, your clients or your athletes. I mean, they are what they are. The other thing that I do here is I don't play games. I'm not going to be like, well, you're this many years into the field. You have this much experience. You get 50-50. And as you get you know, more certifications, we're going to take you to 60-40. You know what I do? I cut, I cut all the crap out, and I say, everybody I hire is a 70-30. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. That way, you can do the math of what you want to make. Yeah. And I don't play those games because I, I've been there. I've been yeah. there, and here's what happens. Um, I, I heard a statistic when I was, in a, I was listening to a gentleman lecture on personal trainers in the industry making it 15 years it's one percent wow one percent of those who come out with the personal training exercise fizz who go into personal training world one percent make it to 15 years yeah and that tells me there's a problem on the front end yeah there's a problem on the front end so if i can pay you more on the front end to ease the the entry wounds i'm gonna do that i'm gonna do that so you can one if you're a visionary you can see 70 30 man if i bring in 100k i make 70k cool i can do easy math yeah and so that that was one thing that i saw and the other thing I saw as a business owner is it's not about me making my numbers for this year. It's about what does 10, 15 years look like to me? Yeah. Because I think so many business owners get myopic when they're like, well, you didn't, didn't, didn't generate enough this month. And I'm looking for the long game. I want people working for me for 10, 15 years. That's what's important to me, yeah. the sustainability. And I think the other thing that you run into, I'm a member at like a Lifetime Fitness here. And I know I probably get in there once a month. Once a month, I go over and I look at the personal training board, and it's always different. Mm-hmm. I don't want that in my facility. Yeah. Turnover. Your, your clientele does not like that. The, the team of athletes do not like that. My NFL athletes who come in every offseason or whatever my pro sports are, they love seeing the same people all the time. They love it. It's home. Yeah. 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 And that's the environment we're trying to create is a home and a, a culture of home. Well, and that's that's yeah. awesome. I mean, I think, like, that's the biggest thing you see anywhere is just turnover, 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 because mm-hmm. who's going to give this person the next best deal? And it sounds to me like you've created an atmosphere where, man, you're going to lose money if you go anywhere else. Like, <laughs> And even if they had visions of owning their own place, it's like you can't own your own place 70-30. No. Like, that's impossible. Yeah, you know? like what Brandon was talking about, too, is um, kind of like the, the book The Apple Experience where it talks about, like, internal customers and external customers mm-hmm. and the relationship between them both, you know, and you keeping your internal customers happy via, you know, all your employees or your, your contractors all sharing into one vision of where, where is this thing going, right? And, and you're already bringing them into that, that picture. You're like, hey, do you like this picture? Do you, right. do you like where this film strip is going? Because if you do, it's going to be playing out for years to come. If you, if you don't, now's a great time to just to, to find your own picture, you know? And, yes. and, and, and when the, the external customer comes in and they see that, and they're already going to buy into that right off the bat because that fits what they're looking for as well for long term. So you're, you're, you're basically aligning yourself with long terms 
long-term people and long-term relationships right right off the bat. That makes a lot of sense. Well, and, and I think, too, that if you look at the customer coming in, I like that internal and external customers. I love that. But if you look at the external customers coming into this project or coming in to train in these types of projects, they're looking for stability. That's the number one thing. They're looking for stability and consistency. That's why they seek us out, because they're unwilling to do it. They're, whether they're not able to make the sacrifices themselves, if they can't stay motivated, or they just don't know the path. They come to us for that type of work. Mm-hmm. And if I show them as a business leader or as a business owner that I'm as unstable as maybe they are, <laughs> that, that doesn't give them any hope. Yeah. yeah. And my number one thing is I want to provide hope for the people that come in here. Whatever their goals are, they've yeah. got hope in here based on how we run things. That's the best. Well, we're going to wrap things up here, but um, I guess overall, what if somebody could do something right now to take their practice that one step further, what what thing would you start with? You know what? I I wish I would have, uh, you know, as I said, every stepping stone that has led me to this point has been fantastic and great learning experiences. I wish, wish I would have double down on myself earlier. I wish I would have trusted on myself to do it on my own earlier instead of involving more partners and, and everything like that. I think the financials and the risk on the front end scares people a lot. Yeah. But if you truly bleed it and it's your passion and you're good at it, go for it right now. Awesome. 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 Uh, well, we really appreciate you having us out here. And um, Anybody in the Denver area or outside the Denver area, if they wanted to get a hold of you, like what where should they go? What, what do you have? You have a, I'm assuming you have a website. Yeah, they can go to uh, com. They can go to any of our, our social media at Lauren Lando, Lando Performance, Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you guys. Thanks for joining us.